again today. Hi, Pamela. We're having so much fun doing this podcast and hope that you're enjoying it too. If you are, please hit the subscribe button and give us a good rating and reviews to help us so we can keep this thing going. Today, we're going to talk about another crazy case that I had. It is a rape of a child case. I know. Okay. Crazy case. Yeah. And this is really unique because most sex cases, mm-hmm. almost always, they're with men. It is very, very rare that it's very rare that we have a woman as a client at all in okay. the criminal field. Oh, okay. Very rare. And even more rare for a woman to be charged with a rape case. Oh, okay. So when I got the call on this, I was actually at a gig. It was I was actually playing a wedding at Lakai, which, I mean, so it was a really posh, expensive wedding. A top end. Mm-hmm. And every time I'm doing a wedding, I oh, and it's so fun. I love to play those. I, I'm like the wedding singer, <laughs> but it's awesome. It's fun. I have such an interesting life. When I do music, I see people when they are celebrating their lives and like life is so great and awesome. And then the criminal stuff is when they are at their very, very worst. Do you have a hard time going from the high to the low? What's your transition? How does that work for you? There are times when life is so heavy and and what I'm doing is so heavy that I have to really shake it off to walk on stage and just be completely focused in. It's my job to entertain these people and to make their night fun. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it takes me a minute, but usually by literally by the second song, I have like whatever I had going on before it's I left it side stage and I am right here present now. That's what I love about music. It makes it really easy for me to be present in the moment with the music. Right. So I get this message like we've got this new case and it was actually a high profile sex assault rape case because this woman was a very upstanding citizen. Okay. She was active in her church active in her community. This was shocking to people. And yes. anytime you see someone that is like affluent. Yeah. And then they make a mistake. Oh yes. Like this, they do something then man, the media pounces yes. on them. And people want to drag them down fast. Oh, really yes. fast. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this woman was man, they were grabbing her skirt tails, dragging her as fast as they could. Oh, I bet they can. And yeah. I get a call from Jack and he says I I need you to investigate, find out what's up. So she was out of jail because she had some money. And when you have enough money, and if it's not like a some murder cases, they will actually not even allow bail. Yeah, okay. But they did grant bail for her. And because she had money, she could post bail. So now this is a rape case, not a murder case. Correct. Do most rape cases get bail? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, usually. Bail could be anywhere from... It depends on the case. How okay. If it's one count, multiple counts, multiple victims. If that were the case, then they would raise the bell very, very high. Okay. The bell on this case was like 25000 And I got to meet this victim on this okay. case. Alleged victim. victim. We, okay. we always call him an alleged victim until there is a conviction. Okay. Because up until there is a conviction, it's just an allegation. We have oh, no okay. idea. Okay. So she's not in jail. She's out. So I don't have to go to the jail to meet her. She actually came to my office to meet. And this is not her own child? No. Okay. Nope, not her child. And she's married. I learned. So when she shows up, I, I, I'm really anxious to see what this woman looks like that's sure. charged with yeah. rape of a child. Yeah. 
because you have pretty awful image in your head when you, you absolutely and, do. As soon as you said this, I was like, oh, I don't know if this is the case for me. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So she shows up and she looked like the nicest person. Well, she was in her 30s, mid 30s, yeah. 37. And she dressed like she was a teenager. Not that she was like wearing too short of clothes or anything. Just she just was really styling. Very yeah, very styling for like kids, like jeans and a cute little shirt. Gotcha. And her face looked so young. Oh really? I would never ever have believed she was in her thirties. Really? Okay. Never. I so was, was it like a lot of work, a lot of Botox, that kind of a thing? Or did she just have that gene? She, she just, just had that down. gene. And she had longer hair, and mm-hmm. her hair was like kind of down over her face mm-hmm. enough that even if there had been wrinkles around her eyes at all, I the hair was down over over that, so I couldn't see. And she just, and she had this little soft voice. Oh, really? Yeah. And so it was such a like, contradiction yes. from someone that would rape a child so I couldn't wait to hear her story so we sit down and she tells me I didn't do this we've got to get this thing handled this is terrible the young man that she was alleged to have raped there were two counts that she was facing he was 13 years old oh yeah and he was her daughter's boyfriend who was 13 oh I was thinking, well, wow, how did this happen? Yeah. Like, what? He's 13. Yeah. Like, did this really... That's middle school. Yeah. So, but, you know, again, I don't know if my clients are guilty or not. Right. Okay. Until I get That's into fair. it. That's fair. Yeah. And she really, she, her voice is so soft. And I'm thinking, that's a pretty aggressive move to make him on a child. And, right. And a 13-year-old boy, some of those 13-year-old boys can, and some 13-year-old girls, some teenagers, as True. you know, look yes. like they're in their 20s. True. So maybe I, maybe that kid was the aggressor. I don't, so what I learned, I said, look, how did you get in this spot? Obviously, you knew him. Right. Because he was your daughter's boyfriend. And she said, well, yeah, because I said, you know, you're married. Tell me what your marriage is like. And she said, oh, I have a great marriage, but... My husband's gone a lot because he was a pro tennis player. Okay. So he would be gone for tournaments and championships. And I mean, he made a good living at it. Right. Which is really cool. Like, I'm really into sports. So I was thinking, wow, you're married to a pro tennis player? Like, what a stud. Yeah, That's really cool. Uh To make it to that level, you're making a living at a sport is the elite of athletics. Mm -hmm. Wow. Like, mm-hmm. what, are you, what are you doing? And she said, oh, no, we have a great marriage. He's gone a lot. And it that, that gets really hard. But because he's gone so much, I spend all this time with my daughter and her friends. I let them come hang out at my house. My house is like the house that everyone hangs out at. Sure. They all come over. And whenever they come over, I make cookies and treats. And they hang out in the basement. And they watch yeah, movies. she's the neighborhood mom. She's the neighborhood mom. Mm-hmm. So Does she just have one child? She had a younger child. Okay. She had a 13-year-old and a 9-year-old. Okay. So just the two kids. The 9-year-old really was not a factor in this. But sure. the 13-year-old, because this is her boyfriend, this right. was a, a really big deal. And the whole time I'm talking, I was really taken back by how young she appeared. I made the comment a few times, like, you look so young. You look like you're 16 yourself. Right. yeah. And she just laughed like, yeah, I know. So I started asking her, okay, so how did this happen? How did this allegation come about? And she said, you know, 
he's a really troubled kid. He's got a lot of real big psychological issues. And I said, okay, like what? How do you know this? And she said, he even attempted suicide not long ago. He's oh. been in the psych ward. Like this he's kid, struggling. he's mm-hmm. really struggling. I said, so is this kind of an attention thing? What what other reason would he have? And she said, oh, absolutely. It's got to be attention. And she said, he's he's a nice kid. I really liked him. And my daughter thought he was really sweet. She really liked him, but this is really troubling to us. And I feel bad for the kid. But she said, look, the media is like, literally, they will pull up right in front of my house. I'm in the news. They're like reporting, like, this is horrible for me. Right. And And her whole family. Her whole family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she's like, my parents, her parents had a lot of money Mm -hmm. and they had funded, they had actually paid for Jack and her defense. Okay. Because Jack is, he's not cheap. And her husband? How was he? I mean, I never met him. Just he didn't come completely right. out of it. She she always told me he was on the road, and maybe he was on the road all the time for tennis. I don't know for sure if that was true. And, and first, I didn't question it, but then when I never met him, it was a little bit odd, but not totally because okay. I could see, yeah, if someone's busy traveling and they're just supporting their wife from afar, like, hey, I can't be there, but good luck. Yeah, I, I interview her and I said, okay, look, I need to interview all the kids. If you say they were all down in your basement all the time, I need to know what they would say. Right. Are there and what they know, what yeah, they saw. Yeah. yeah, can you help me get these kids interviewed? Because with the minor, I can't just go contact a minor. No. I've got to have permission from their parents. Yes. And mm-hmm. Same thing with police. Police right. cannot just interview right. a minor. They've got to get permission. That's how it is at my school. Yeah. Yeah. So she helps me arrange. I said, I need to interview your daughter. Everyone that is possibly willing to talk. And so she said, okay. Sure, not a problem at all. I will help you do that. So she helps arrange all of this so I can interview these kids. And I start interviewing them. And the kids are all telling me their story corroborated her story in that, yeah, we would always hang out after school. She'd come to school and pick up her daughter. And most of us would get in her van and just ride to their house and hang out there all afternoon until we had to go home. And she would bake cookies for us, and we always had pop and treats and movies and popcorn. Like, it was the place to, to hang out. Right. And I said, well, did you see any anything unique with this kid, James? And all the kids, each of them, individually told me, well, uh, there were times that she would take him alone. <gasps> and she what? hadn't told me that, so that was a... Take him alone where? Where? And I I asked the same thing and they said, she had to go like winterize her RV one time and she came in and asked him what? If he would go winterize. And this was a little bit troubling to me because she hadn't Yeah. She hadn't told me that. It it was getting there. I still try to be open minded. No, yeah. But your mind's got to be racing like seriously? Winterize a motorhome? With a 13 year old? Yeah kid like that's your Mm -hmm. best option yeah Uh, yeah it was it was suspicious and and they said they remembered a time she did that and they remembered another time that James went upstairs while they were down all watching a movie and he was up there for a while and this troubled me as it should yeah and there was not just one story that said that each kid that I talked to they all corroborated that that he did had it left. Feel, did it feel at all like kids had talked and come up with this idea? Or was it just in their conversation? Because you can tell when kids have right. drawn a pack that right. this is what we're going to say. And this, no, this just kind of happened. 
it didn't feel like a pact at all. In fact, what it felt like when I talked to them is that they were really reluctant to, because they really liked her, uh-huh. and they didn't want to speak bad of her, but they Set felt like off. they had to say something. Yeah. And I was asking them, hey, I'm, I always explain to witnesses when I'm interviewing, hey, whatever the truth is, even though I work for their defense, it is in their best interest that I know the truth, because sure. then we can... Help move them. forward from there. Okay. So whatever that is, good, bad, or ugly, I need to know the truth. So I, it didn't feel at all like they had conspired to oh, do good. something. Okay, and good. Not at all. In fact, they, it felt like, if anything, they were hesitant. Okay. But cooperative. Yeah. So I decided, you know, this is troubling enough. I wonder if I can actually interview the boy, the alleged oh. victim. Okay. And a lot of times in a case like that, we will actually waive the preliminary hearing in court so that I have an opportunity. And Jack used to do this a lot because he trusted me a lot, which mm-hmm. was really very cool yes, for me. Uh-huh. A uh, compliment to you. Uh-huh. It really was because Jack was such a tough guy and kind of rough. Mm-hmm. And he could actually be very charming when he wanted to right. be. But because he was rough, he would put me in that spot and sure. say, hey, we'll waive the prelim, which was a benefit to the alleged victim because then they wouldn't be hammered so hard in a courtroom. That's a public hearing, so anyone can walk in that hearing okay. and listen to what they're saying, and it's tense, and it's a much more comfortable situation if we are willing as defense to say, we'll waive the prelim if we just have an opportunity to interview this person. Oh, okay, okay. And in this case, because the the boy was old enough, they agreed the. The prosecutor agreed, his parents agreed to just let me interview him alone. Oh, uh, wow. Usually they'll have, prosecutor will be there, the guardian ad litem, their right. counselor will mm-hmm. be there. There, It will be a room full of people. And in this case, I guess they just felt so comfortable with who the boy was mm-hmm. that they allowed me to interview him without any of them present. Okay. It was unique. And I, so, of course, I recorded it because sure. this is really important. And they were an hour south of where I was. I drove there mm-hmm. and we met. I had a room at a public library so we could All just perfect. meet. A neutral place. Yeah. And, and safe for everyone. Yes. And, and now remember my information. In fact, we were actually considering at this point, I was getting ready to subpoena his medical records. Because, remember, she said... He was in uni and he, he was, was suicidal. Exactly. Uh-huh. He had attempted yeah. suicide. Mm-hmm. He'd done all the, like, this kid is messed up. So I have to look under every rock that there sure. is. So I had just talked to Jack about, hey, we need to prepare a subpoena. I will serve it. Let's get these medical records. And it's a really touchy, touchy area. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a judge won't give it. Sometimes a, a judge will. Jack's such, such a reputable lawyer that I was pretty sure we would be able to get at least access to it, whether we would be able to use it or not. At least it could give us an idea of okay. what was happening. We could get some information that would educate us. So I meet with him, and it's probably only like 15, 20 minutes into my interview with him when I start believing that this kid is telling the truth. Oh, what, no. what his story was, his perspective of it was, yeah, he had his girlfriend, my client's daughter, and he really liked her, but he, the mom was really fun and bubbly, and she was the cool mom. Sure. All the kids wanted to be at her house, mm-hmm. and she was, she was just hilarious mm-hmm. and made everything just a party and safe, and he just 
felt safe there. He loved it. Yeah. And he kind of had a crush on her. Right. And one day, they were all downstairs watching a movie, and she came down and said, Hey, James, I need to go winterize the RV. Could you come and help me? Well, of course he's going to help her. Yeah. Why wouldn't? He's, what kid wouldn't? Kool-Aid mom. Yeah. Everybody loves her. Everyone loves her. So he, surprisingly, in my mind, if you're doing a job that's hard, seems like you'd want a couple kids there. Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. But she only asked for him. They go to this RV. It's pretty cold. Mm-hmm. It was... If they're winterizing, yeah. it's got to be. Yeah, it's pretty cold. And they get it there. And they go in, and he's asking her, what do you need me to... I don't... He didn't know how to winterize. He's 13 no, years he's old. 13, yeah. And... And she explains she didn't really need him to winterize. This is his story. She didn't really need him to winterize. She just wanted time alone with him. <gasps> and she started taking off his shirt oh, and started kissing no. him. And I don't know what boy could resist this. Right. He already had a crush on her. And I told you, she looked like she was 16. Right. And here you got this sophisticated woman. She's married. She's got money. She's got it all going on. And they start making out. And they had sex, according to him. Oh, my gosh. He is 13. He's 13. She's 37. Yes. And I am... Flabbergasted. Yeah. And he sounds like, really... He sounds credible. And as he's telling me this, you know, I've had cases where similar things happen. We'll talk about some of those later. They're kind of outrageous. But in this case, and and some of the boys will usually be bragging, and Mm -hmm. this boy wasn't bragging. Mm -hmm. He really was thinking, like, oh, my gosh, she loves me. Like, this... When he's telling this story, he is crushed. This is the side of, of rape of a child that is so so damaging. Right. Because they don't have, at 13, you don't have the emotional no. ability to no. deal with that stuff. No. I mean, some of us at 50 don't have right. the emotional exactly. yeah. ability no. to handle yeah. it. And you're talking about a 13-year-old boy who's having, like, his first crush and his mm-hmm. first, like, Encou- everything. Sexual encounter. Yeah. yeah. This was his first sexual encounter. Yeah. And he, I don't know a lot of details about the actual incident. I didn't ask him about that because I didn't, he was really hurt. I didn't want to hurt him anymore. It sounded really credible to me. It made sense to me. He described the RV, how it looked, the temperature of the, the, like it was cold and Mm -hmm. they had to bundle up under the bed in there and they were gone for about an hour. All the details. Yeah. This and is not looking good for your client. It really wasn't. And, but I'm still wondering. There's still in the back of my head. Sure. He, I've got this incident where he tried to kill himself. That he attempted suicide before? Later. Or was it after? It's later. So all of this has happened, and then it's come out, and then he attempts. Yes. So oh, okay. what happened was weeks pass. I mean, so he comes back and I ask him, what is it like when you get back to the party with all the kids? And he said, she just told me like, Hey, just go back in there and act like nothing happened. Everything will be cool. So he does, he goes back and no one, he didn't think anyone really noticed other than that he left. And he said there were a couple other instances where she would take him and go get like an ice cream or something. 
How did her daughter not think, wait, wait why are you taking my boyfriend to get ice cream when I'm here and my okay. other friends are here? Like, this is weird. Yeah. But I think there's a very good chance that she did that. That's the problem. Every time there's a sex case mm-hmm. and there's no DNA, and most cases don't have DNA because they don't report it in time to get that. Oh, uh, okay. Gotcha. So most sex cases become a he said, she said. Yes, that makes sense. And a lot of the cases that I have, I'm waiting until I get to the other side and I will ask them right. who, what really what happened. happened. Yeah, Seriously. because Because it's their, they both are so strong against the, on their story mm-hmm. and the other person's the liar and you just don't know. Right. So in this case, he comes back and he says he blends in a month later, a month and a half, two months. She's upstairs baking cookies for everyone and he tells the kids like, his buddies, and I say kids, these are his peers. Sure. He tells them, I'm, I'm going to go get the cookies. And he goes up there, and she just pulled some cookies out of the oven, and she sees him come up. Well, of course, this is no mistake. He's, like, wanting to be with her. Sure. He has just been pining for her yes. since they were together. Mm-hmm. He really th- thought he was in love with her. Sure. He really was in love. Mm-hmm. To a 13-year-old mind, mm-hmm. soul. That's love. That's, this is it for me. Mm-hmm. And she takes him by the hand and takes him up to her bedroom, her bed she shares with her husband. (gasps) He's not there. The kids are downstairs. And he said that she took his shirt off, starts kissing him again, very much like the last time. And he goes through some of the details, but they end up having sex again in her bedroom. Oh my gosh. He says he gets dressed and goes back downstairs. And he is thinking we're in love yeah. i think she's gonna marry me sure i like 13. i i don't it i don't know how you could think this is <laughs> this is gonna end well for thir- but right. at 13 no, you yeah. don't understand no, and that's the very point that. that's yeah that is why we have the laws in place they don't exactly. have the maturity to make those decisions no. so about a week after that she goes to school to pick up all the kids his story and her story are very consistent about this and the kids the other kids what happens in a week now okay yeah so we fast forward a week after the second incident okay she goes to the school to pick up all the kids and well her daughter and all the kids go to get in and he goes to get in and she tells him no it's over you can't come what yeah and he is like, like what out and, of the blue. Yeah. And like, to get him, out of my car. Yeah. He wasn't in the car. He was going to but get still, in the car. Yeah. So she tells him, like, you're not getting in. Look, it's over. He said that she tells him, like, hey, whatever we had, it was fun, but I can't do that anymore. I'm married. My husband's going to be coming home. Like, this is over. Wait a minute. So he said that the mom said that in front of all those kids? She said it quietly to him because he's thinking she's going to tell him, like some like we'll meet like later, we'll, like something. one yeah, because their whole relationship between the two of them right. was secret. So that wasn't anything really unique to him that she would like talk to him personally. Okay, that part wasn't unique. What was shocking to him is that she was ending it. Oh it gosh. was a, a complete shock, mind-blowing, mind-blowing shock. incident yeah. for yeah. him. Sure. And he starts crying and saying, like, no, no, you can't do this to me. Please, like, 
I, I have to see you. I have to be with you. She and all gets, the friends are watching. They're all in the car. Oh, she so they're gets, outside of the car. They're out. Okay. She'd gotten outside of the car to talk to him. Oh, she okay. tells him, no. it's over. Mm-hmm. And, like, you can't come with us. I don't want you coming to the house. We've, we've got to end this, and I don't want you coming around. I don't know what his, her daughter was thinking at this point. Yeah. I mean, kids are not stupid. No. They're just... But they're trying to figure it out. Oh, it's got to be really confusing. Yeah. And I believe all the kids do something. They could feel it. Yeah. Something was way wrong because when I had interviewed them, they all referred to this incident also. They knew something was really wrong. messed up. Okay. So she gets in the car and she's starting to drive off without him. He is so upset. Don't tell me he chases after the car. He grabs hold of the, the side mirror. And he's, he's hanging on her side mirror on the driver's side while she starts driving off. And he's pulling and, like, jerking on it. And he's, like, putting his old weight, like, dragging it. Like, don't go, don't go. He breaks her. The mirror breaks off. And she uses that. When she talked to me, her version of this story is, this kid is so crazy that when my daughter broke up with him, and I said, hey, like, she's broken up. You can't, because in her version, it was the daughter that broke up with him. In his version, it was the mother that broke up with him. Oh, okay. That he was really, in his mind, he was kind of friends with the daughter, but he was in love with the mother. Right. And the mother is saying, when my daughter broke up with him, he was so upset that he hung on to the yes. rear view mirror. And he is, that's crazy. That is so crazy. He broke my side mirror off. It caused damage to my car. Like, this is, this kid is she messed up. She could have run over him. She could have. Yeah. She could have. And yeah. I have other cases where similar things have yeah. happened. Yeah. So, yeah, it was it was reckless behavior sure. on her part and his part. Right. But he's 13, so I don't hold him to the same standard. No. I hold her to. No. So they, they leave. The kids go. He goes home and decides, oh, my gosh, my life is over as I know it. He takes a bottle of Tylenol. Oh, no. And. Takes them all. Takes them all, the whole bottle. And you you can die from yes, that. Yes, you can. And after he takes them, he gets scared, changes his mind, and he goes and tells his parents. He's crying. The kid comes out. He's just bawling. Now, this is a really nice religious family. They don't believe in premarital sex. No. Pr- no. Drinking, partying, any of that mm-hmm. stuff. And he's been such a good kid. And he comes out and tells them, I just took a whole bottle of Tylenol. I took every one of them in the bottle. I'm scared now. He's bawling. He's like, I need to tell you, I... A parent's horse nightmare, scared to death. Oh, scared to death. He tells them I was having sex with... Her name is Sheila. And he said, we were in love, and she broke up with me, and I was so upset, and I'm just... I just have to tell you. Which, for him to say that puts him in bad standing like in the culture like right. oh this kid right. has not only had sex but he's had sex with an older, older woman. woman and he's now and now he's attempting to kill himself so the parents of course like we don't care anything that's happened they grab him take him to the hospital they pump his stomach and he's fine he goes yeah there's a report of his suicide attempt sure that all made sense to me. It all fit with the facts. Mm-hmm. And as he was telling me this, tears just rolled down his face. My heart broke for this kid. Oh my gosh. I felt so bad for him. And I thought, really? Like, 
Sheila, you're going to do this and then be racy race and then Sorry. like yeah, and then kick him out then not throw only, him under the bus like you're crazy but not only that he she not only did she break his heart literally yeah but then she ostracized him from all of his friends exactly so he has nothing he had left. nothing left in, in his, his mind. mind yep mm-hmm. so after i interviewed him i had <laughs> at the very least Huge questions for her. Huge doubts whether she was telling me the truth about anything. Right. Drove back from from my interview, thought about it the whole way, and decided I, I'm going to tell Jack, What's hey, I think that this woman, the more I thought about like my heart, I usually follow my heart about what feels right, mm-hmm. and I really felt like this kid was telling the truth. And like in these cases, you just don't know. No, you don't. And here's here's what I know. If I'm wrong... And he's not telling the truth. He comes across so credible that if we take the chance of going to trial, mm-hmm. in my opinion, we will lose. Even if she's telling the truth and he's just the best liar, right. best actor in the mm-hmm. world, the risk is so great that at this point, I need to tell Jack. Right. He's got to make a we, decision. We got, mm-hmm. we got to go to the prosecutor and see if we can get a plea deal on this because we do not want to go to trial. We do not want a jury listening to this kid testify right. because it will melt your heart right. and she's going to go to prison. I don't care how sweet she looks, how right. much money she has right. and status. Mm-hmm. This is bad. Right. So I send, I send the email to Jack and I tell him, Hey, we've got a real problem with this case. Yes. I don't believe that Sheila has been truthful with me. I think that she lied. I think there's a very good chance that she had sex with this boy twice all of the kids corroborate that she took him two different occasions. She'd taken him to get ice cream. Ice cream. And she'd taken him to Winter, the RV. To winterize the RV. And he had disappeared another time. And all of the kids corroborate that this happened. That there mm-hmm. were moments that mm-hmm. that she had this opportunity. So now we know for sure she had the opportunity. The jury would just have to trust that she didn't take the opportunity. Right. And then it becomes it's just a question of who do they believe? Who right. did they right. Who do they like? Right. And I think he was more believable. So I say that in my email to Jack. Yeah. I'm thinking, okay, Jack, you're the big high-priced lawyer. You're making a ton of money on this case and other cases. I'm not. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm, uh-huh. I'm the worker bee, and that's fine. That's no, my no, job. that is. But I'm not making this decision. I'm not. Yeah, this is your thing. Mm-hmm. And apparently, instead of Jack calling her and talking to him himself, he did not. He forwarded my email to her. <gasps> which I have to tell you, I thought was the biggest chicken shit move oh, ever. Oh my gosh. I was really mad because I not I had no idea that he did that. No. He didn't respond to me and say, thank you, I'm going to send this no. to Sheila yeah, and let her process it. it. Yeah. Or, yeah, I Anything. thought he would filter it himself, like, right. and then say, this hey. was a, an email from Jack. Hey, we've been investigating and this information Our, is this troubling. Uh-huh. I'm going to look and see, talk about a plea deal. Right. That's not what he did. He sends it to her. She gets the email. She reads my email saying, hey, I don't, I don't believe her. Yeah. She calls me up and just tears into me. Uh-oh. What is wrong I'm... with you guys? No, she doesn't oh. call Jack and yell no. at him. Uh-uh. It's me. No. I'm the yeah. problem. Yeah. So she's like, you guys, you're just not fighting hard enough because you're not getting paid enough. What do you need? More money? I'll get you more money. And I was like, no, Sheila. Yeah. That is, this is not no. about the money. This has nothing to do with money. I'm really concerned for your freedom. Right. 
this kid comes across Weld. She's like, he's crazy. He even attempted suicide. He's been in the hospital over it. How can you ignore that? And I said, I'm not ignoring no. that. But when you put the pieces together, it makes it, sense. Yes, and it whether it's true or not, exactly. It makes, yeah, it it's makes it's quite troubling. A story. Mm-hmm. And I I said, Sheila, I'm really sorry. She she's like, I thought we were friends. I really liked you. I can't believe that you would do this to me, stab me in the back like that. And I said, Sheila. I am not stabbing you in the back. I am looking out for your back. Yeah, I'm trying to keep you out of prison. Yeah, I'm telling you, you don't want to go to trial. Right. Do not go to trial with this case. You will be so sorry. You'll be fried. You will go to prison. And yeah. she she was like, oh, that I'm fine. I'm fine taking that risk. I said, Sheila, that fancy house you're living in, that lifestyle you have, you have no idea what a prison cell is is like right. a six by nine cell it's cold it's, it's concrete and steel bars it's right. way smaller than the, like come on yeah, come on mm-hmm. you do not you cannot take that risk mm-hmm. so she gets mad at me and hangs up on me and I, i'm really angry at jack for oh, handling it the way that furious. he did yes. but jack has such a big ego that's not the kind of that was not the hill i wanted to die on uh-huh and and I wanted to keep working for him, so I didn't say. I did. I all I said is, I am surprised that you forwarded yeah, what, my yeah, email. I thought you would have, yeah, like put it in your own words and done it your way. Yeah, but I mean, that was he, it. Yeah, he threw you completely. Oh, he totally did. Yeah. Next thing I know, about a week later, I get a call from Jack's secretary telling me that Jack needs me to come into the office. We have a meeting with Sheila. And okay. we need to discuss a plea deal. Okay, great. So because that's what you were pushing for. That was what I was pushing for. So okay. the good news, I, Jack, really, he and I had a very good relationship on so many levels. Right, and he when, trusted you. He trusted yeah. me when mm-hmm. I said, "Hey, this is a bad deal. Uh-huh. We don't want to walk into court with this." He didn't second guess it. Mm-hmm. Like, fine, mm-hmm. I'm going to work out a plea. We're doing it. So I show up at the office for a meeting, and I walk in. The, they're all in the conference room getting ready. Who's in there? When I say they're all in there, it was <laughs> Sheila, her parents, oh. Jack, and Sheila's new fiance. Wait a minute. What happened to Tess? Yeah, exactly. What? She never told me. Oh, by the way, since all this stuff came down with this kid and my husband's been on the road, he divorced me. We're getting divorced. I never knew anything about it. And her new fiance is a good looking guy. And he's really nice. Right. He seems really nice. Right. And I thought, okay. Wait, seriously, wait a yeah. Shelly, if you're engaged and you're facing rape of a child charges, do you want your husband to come to the meeting where we're going to talk about what you, what the risks are? Happened. Yeah. And, and if I'm going to be truly honest in the meeting, I'm going to say, I think you did it. Yeah. So we better take a plea deal. You're right. in a lot of trouble. Right. And I wouldn't want the guy there. No. That, that woman had some balls, I'm telling you. Holy to show God. up with her fiancé, yeah. her new fiancé. Yeah. This is a perfect opportunity right here to add another PI tip. What tip are we on, Shelly? PI tip number 10. Thank you. So PI tip number 10 is this. Watch for red flags. People, watch for a red flag in your relationship. If you're engaged to a woman 
that is facing charges of rape of a child. Now, I'm not saying just because she's charged that that means she did it. Or a man. Yeah. Or a man. Exactly. Exactly. Please. I'm the last person that would say, let's judge them like immediately on the allegation. That's the opposite of what I'm saying. Yes. Yes. Please. If there's a red flag, slow down, slow down. Don't just rush right into this because for this guy, for this guy to sit in this meeting and tell us like, Oh, I know she's innocent. And what was fascinating to me is, yeah, I thought that too when I first met her. Right. But the more that I got into the case, I didn't know anymore. Right. If you were really looking at, hey, I want to marry this woman, but I want a healthy relationship. I want a healthy marriage. I should probably learn all that I can about her and the people that have been investigating this instead of walking in the meeting and telling me like, I know, I know she's innocent. And I see it all the time in my work. Yeah. And and so we start the meeting and I'm expecting Jack to explain yeah. like, this is how it is, people. And she introduces like, this is my fiance. And he pipes up immediately like, I know she didn't do this. And what do we have to do to get this done? And all I'm thinking is, you who got- the hell are you? Yeah. like, you And got- what do you know? Yeah. Like, wouldn't you? This is... We wouldn't have all the divorce rates we do if people would just open their eyes and look at, yeah, like, hey, there's some really big red flags in front right. of me. Uh-huh. And, like, he is not even listening to what we say. He just wants to tell us what we're going to do. Right. And the dad speaks up, and he, he chimes in right after the fiancé, and he, Jack's at one head. Her dad is at the other head at the table. She is sitting directly across from me. Mm-hmm. And her dad is furious. He's so mad. He's saying... Hey, I'll give you guys more money. If that's what you're talking about, if that's all it takes is more money, I'll give you more. That's not a problem. And Jack said, no, you don't understand. This isn't about money. This is about the risk of her going to prison. And they're saying, oh, we know she didn't do it. The dad's saying, we know she didn't do it. And all I'm sitting there thinking is, Oh my gosh, people. Trust your attorney. Yeah, there's a reason you hire us. Right. We might know something yeah. that you don't know. We've yeah. seen all the discovery. I've interviewed all the witnesses. And Jack says, look, we've got some real problems with this case. And he said, Pamela's going to explain them to you. <gasps> and you're I, like, it, actually, oh. Daddy-O, you need to pay me more money. And I'll explain what I have done. Exactly. I Jack- was like... You can just go for a Coke. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I was like, well, uh, and they're they're so mad. I don't want to hurt their feelings. No, no. I don't but want to be in this to, spot, but, but I also to want to protect her. Yeah. And I, As much as you can yes. to, a, to an adult who is accused of raping a child. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So Ugh. I said, hey, look, I've interviewed the kids. They all corroborate that he left. I explain all of this. Even you know, like, your daughter. Yeah. And she said, well, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, of course I took him. Winterized, that's not a problem. That's all we did. I said, okay, if that's all you did even, I would just want you to know you're taking a risk with your life, with your liberty. Your very freedom is at risk here. After I interviewed James, I think he's credible. He comes across credible. So the dad is saying, we'll we'll give you more money if that's the problem. That's not an issue. Right. And... 
Then the fiance chimes in again to say, I know she didn't do this. He wasn't even in her life at the time this happened. No. How could you think that you'd know that? It's so yeah. stupid. I just thought, you're an idiot. You yeah. deserve to be married he to wants this fool. To, he wants to believe what's coming out of her mouth. Of course. Without any facts. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And the facts are like, right. I'm right here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the facts yeah, exactly. I did I'm all staring the you in the face, literally. Yeah. And you're not listening. Like, it was so tense in the room. The emotions were high. I was trying to be cool about it. And finally, Jack just loses it. The deal we had for her was literally a plea in abeyance, okay, which means that, mean? that she pleads guilty and they hold the, the plea over her head and you have a probationary period. If you, during that probation, whatever you plead to in this deal, and in this case, she was going to end up with nothing on her record if she made it through the probationary period without doing anything wrong. Okay, and, it, and, and it's anything to do with the child, anything at all, then, exactly. then, then that, she goes to prison. Then and then it, that case comes back. It comes hard back. Case. If you violate the probation on those terms, you don't get a trial, you go straight to prison. Okay. Because you violated. Gotcha. Okay. So whatever you would have been convicted of with that, that's what you are facing. Okay. So it's a risk, but if you are confident you can make it through probation without getting in trouble, you're fine. And if you're confident that it never happened, you're going to totally Then you're totally going to be Yeah. Okay. And she, they're telling us, we're not pleading to anything. We have to prove, look, the news is all over this. They're everywhere. They're in her driveway. They're filming her every time she comes out of her house. They've destroyed her reputation. Okay, one other question. On the plea in advance, is it public record? Yeah. So they would know that she pled guilty with the charge of just holding on probation. So the news would be all over that also. They could be. Okay. Likely they would just report that she pleaded that she pled guilty. Oh, okay. That's right. most likely what they would say. She okay. pled guilty and she was going to get probation. And then it, most of the time... In a plea in advance, they start with a felony, and if you finish the term of this, then it gets reduced to a misdemeanor. Gotcha, okay. And in, in her case, she, it was gonna be reduced to like a, a very minor misdemeanor, okay. and then and then she could go get that expunged. So okay. it was like nothing. Okay. It She would end up with nothing. Okay. Uh, if all she has to do is not molest a kid, right. do, do anything wrong, right. and she says she didn't, so this should be very easy for okay. you. But they're freaking out. You don't understand. The mom's chiming in. The dad is yelling. She's yelling. Her fiance, they're all like, we want to clear her name. We have to clear her name. And I said, just let, let me explain a minute. I've been in this business a while. Let me tell you how it works. The minute you're charged, everybody judged you. Right. The people that loved you said she would never do that. That, will, that never happened. Mm -hmm. The people that never really liked you they all say, I She's knew she guessing. was a jerk. Yeah. She did it. And here's the thing. You think if we go to trial and you get cleared on this, you get a not guilty verdict, you you think you'll be completely exonerated. You will in the courts. But in all those people's minds, they here's what care. they say. The people that knew you say, I knew it. I told mm -hmm. you she wasn't guilty. And the people that think you're a jerk and think they decided way mm -hmm. back when you're first charged that you're guilty, they don't change their mind and say, Oh, I was wrong. She, I guess mm -mm. she wasn't guilty. No, what they do is they say, it's that lawyer. Yeah, she just got a good lawyer. She got she a has great a lot lawyer. Of money. Yep, mm -hmm. that's what money gets yeah. you. Mm -hmm. And my dad always had this old joke that you're not guilty until you run out of money. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, knowing that I'm in defense yeah, work. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty true, yeah. Dad. <laughs> So she wasn't out of money, so she thought yeah. she wasn't guilty yeah. yet. 
So I'm explaining that, hey, here's how it really works. And Jack just can't handle it anymore. He piped and he said, listen to me, you don't understand. If we go to trial and she loses, she gets 10 years in prison. In prison. In prison. And he points to the dad. He says, and you're not gonna go to prison. The mom, you're not gonna go to prison. He points at the fiance. fiance and he's like, you're not going to prison and I'm not going to prison. She is. This is her decision. And I'm telling you, you need to take the deal. They were mad as could possibly be. Okay, now stop just for one sec. So the boy's parents, Mm -hmm. do they understand that this is happening, that you guys are trying to do a plea? Most likely they do. Okay. In fact, now in Utah and in most states, there is a law that if a prosecutor offers a plea deal, that they have to get permission from the alleged victim in the case to make sure that it's okay. Okay. That law for Utah only came into play like in the last 10 years. Okay. So prior to that, people were getting really screwed over by their the prosecutor that they were expecting to find justice for them. Gotcha. And that didn't always work that way. So there were some people that actually took it to court and it created a new law. And so now a prosecutor is supposed to, according to law, get permission okay. and be cooperating with okay. the victim and their family about what is appropriate. Okay. So now back to Jack. She says, I'm not going to decide right now. I got to think about this. And she was mad. Oh my gosh, was she pissed. And we all left the office at the same time. I don't office in Jack's office all the time. I go in and take cases. I'm a freelance. I'm right. subcontractor. I work for myself. So when I get a case, I go into that person's office. Although I did most of Jack's work. Right. I'm not in his office all the time. So I'm leaving the office at the same time they are. Oh, out of the building. <laughs> out of the building. Oh, it my. was the most uncomfortable oh. elevator ride. She would not look at me. Uh-huh. No one would talk to me. No. And, and you're just like... Uh, <laughs> I'm just like, oh. Uh, so I'm trying to just say, hey, like, as we're walking out, I remember going out the front doors of the building and saying, hey, Sheila, I am really sorry if you are offended by this. I am actually really looking out for your best interest. You have some incredible risk here, and I just don't think it's worth it. And she walked faster to get away from me, and she turned back and said, I thought we were friends. And I never heard another word from her. To this day, I have never heard another word from her. So she took the plea. What? You weren't friends. We weren't friends. We weren't. And that's what's funny. You were her investigator. And this is an interesting fact. My clients, because I... And that's kind of why I think I'm more successful than other investigators. You're, I try to be kind. Uh-huh. And they build a bond with you. Think about it. When I'm talking to you, like, mm-hmm. I think you're my friend because you're yeah. listening to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so when we listen to people, yeah, when true. people listen to us, we think that's my friend. Yeah. Okay. And, and as an investigator, I'll, that's all I do right. is listen to their story. True. They know nothing about me. No. I don't tell them, we don't have time to, no. for me to tell them anything about no. me. They know little to nothing about me, but that's okay. No. That's the way it's supposed to be. That is. But, but that they is. feel like I'm their friend because I listen and, and I tell them. And because they know, because you happen to know their whole. I know their whole. Their whole guts and story. Exactly. Gotcha. Okay. I know their deepest, darkest secrets. Right. And I should. So, okay. Yeah. I should know their deepest yeah. secrets because I have to defend them. Right. Okay. So back to the case. Okay. What did she decide? She took the plea. 
I never heard from her again. From the time she turned around, looked back at me and said, I thought you were my friend. Mm -hmm. She did the plea. She moved on with her life. That was it. The end. The end. She made it through the probation, obviously, or she would have gone to prison. Right. I doubt that she's still married to that guy. but To the fiancé? Yeah, yeah. I seriously doubt it because yeah. it was started on false pretenses. Yeah. So that is Sheila. It wow. is. It was a fascinating ride. I didn't expect what I got out of that. Yeah. But And then you never know, knew anything more about James or his story? I, nope. Because I never heard of that, him again. Once the decision is made, then it's like over. It's over. He gets counseling through the true government through and so they help support him sure. and I hope that it was very I helpful hope to so him too. And he had a really supportive family Good. that was really cool. So I hope that he landed on his feet again because yeah. he really was heartbroken. Yeah. So that is my tale of Sheila and the rape of a child. Wow. Thank you for listening to Pamela Private Eye.